Consequence Podcast Network. Borahe, iconic army. Borahe. So we just have to first say Jimin, Park Jimin. We did not mention this last week because the news really hadn't come out when Mm -hmm. we had recorded the episode, but he reached number one on Billboard Hot 100 with Light Crazy. Oh my fucking God. I'm so proud of him. Congrats, Jimin. Yes. I'm so proud of him too. Yes. He so deserves it. He is also the like the first Korean soloist to reach number one on Billboard Hot 100. He broke Psy's record. Psy had reached number two with Gangnam Style in 2012. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's kind of mind-blowing. That's mind-blowing Because Gangnam to me. Style was huge. Yeah. So that Jimin is the first Korean artist mm-hmm. to make it on number one yeah yeah like uh, solo artist at number one yeah and i i do want to mention he came out with remixes to like crazy he had reached number one before the remixes were released it yeah. wasn't like the release of the remixes that boosted it at all no this is all park fucking jimin it's all authentic yes Ugh. i'm so proud of him and he like is so amazing he, he so deserves, deserves it. this the song deserves it yeah yeah totally so congrats to him yes wow. Congrats, Jimin. Also, the track list for D-Day came out. Mm -hmm. We are so, so excited that this, you know, is coming. This comeback is happening. And the track list had a couple real standout songs to us. I mean, obviously, People Part 2 already came out. We are going to be talking about that today. But something that stood out immediately was, huh? Huh? Featuring Featuring J-Hope? Yes, Yes, the soap. All the soap. Crazy. I just have to say, Jordan, my husband, husband ever since this album has been announced he's been saying to me privately at home that j-hope is going to be on it yeah and i've been like no he's not they haven't been on each other's like solo albums no one's collabed on their albums like mm-hmm. i don't think yungi would have one on there of course i'm, yeah. I'm wrong J- jordan's right and i mean he had namjoon on d2 right I, I mean i guess i was just thinking about like their solo the releases solo in chapter arc. two yeah, yeah. they haven't like collabed on each other's stuff yet right but yeah good point that he was on strange and now it's cool that j-hope is here with huh Huh? Huh? Reminds us a little bit of Ugg. Yes, totally. Yeah. I hope it has like the same vibe. Yeah. Or um, even Dang. Or Dang. I know, right? Oh, God. Ugh. With and two rappers? What if I it guess. has hidden track Dang on this album? Oh, no. That's not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> hate to break it to you. It's not going to happen. Probably It'll not. It'll never happen. Uh, he also has Amygdala on here, which the Amygdala is like the fear receptor in your brain. So mm-hmm. I just feel like that song is going to be really fucking cool. Like, yeah. what is he how is what's the production gonna be like how's he gonna spin it what's he yeah. gonna be really talking about i'm curious about sdl mm. yeah i don't what's know that what acronym? That, what's the acronym acronym mean which is so funny because we were talking about acronyms earlier yeah we were oh Here's my gosh it's so one. weird it's the theme of today <laughs> yeah another huge standout was life goes on at number 10 mm-hmm. and we know that BTS have a song Life Goes On on their B album, and that was really like their pandemic, we're getting through it, we're going to be okay song mm-hmm. there that they had. And, you know, when this first dropped, I was asking, like, this is so interesting. This isn't Life Goes On Part 2. Like, we've had Set Me Free Part 2. We've had Airplane Part 2. We've had People Part 2. But Life Goes On, same title, not a Part 2. Well, 
now, you know, we've seen this old clip from B Promotions resurface where Namjoon and Yoongi are talking about the guide to Life Goes On that Yoongi made and how it was so good, mm-hmm. but they weren't going to release it because it was destined for a later release or another project. So here it is. So here this must is. be like the original guide. And yeah. um, also J-Hope is credited on this Life Goes On. Oh, so he might be like neat. in background vocals or might have helped with the production of it. Yeah. Yeah. I find it so interesting how this demo can be so different from the original Life Goes On. Yeah. That it would create, like, it'd be a totally different song. A totally different song. Yeah, yeah. me too. So I'm really, really looking forward to all of the songs that we have coming up. But, of course, today we're talking about his pre-release People Part 2. Yeah. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. (laughs) Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. You might have heard of Dry January, but have you heard of No Fast Food February? We're trying it out this month and making a commitment to eating better and only eating at home. That sounds like a cool challenge. I bet Factor could help you out. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. You'll get pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There's also add-ons like snacks and smoothies. There's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and delicious dinners. Wow, this sounds like exactly what I need to help us through No Fast Food February. It'll be easy with their no prep no mess meals factor meals are 100 ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping cooking or cleanup needed factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily that's right so you should head over to factormeals.com slash stanbts50 and use code stanbts50 to get 50 percent off that's code stanbts50 at factormeals.com slash stanbts50 to get 50 percent off Welcome back. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany. And this is Standing BTS. Your favorite informative fangirl podcast. All right. Today we're going to hang out for about an hour and we're going to be talking about People Part 2 featuring IU. We're going to get into the production and lyrics and then we're also going to talk about the music video. Yep. But before we get into today's episode, we want to say thanks, Iconics, for being here and for all of your support. If you'd like to support us even further and have access to our episode documents, our monthly virtual Iconic Hangouts, and our sound checks, please consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash standingbts. I know this week on our sound check, we're talking about Smoke Sprite, which we have not had time to talk mm-hmm. about in an episode yet. So if you're interested on in just hearing a little bit about our thoughts on Smoke Sprite, you know, check out our sound check normally they're just like real cute little conversations Mm -hmm. but sometimes they're content driven as well so if you've never checked them out 
And also the next iconic hangout is going to be April 17th. So that's about a week away. So definitely check that out too. It's always so much fun. We're going to be talking a lot about Jimin's release and we're going to be talking about D-Day and all of that. So join us over at the iconic hangout. Yeah. Or if you'd like, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash podcast. Your support helps us to improve the quality of our content and to continue putting out bi-weekly episodes, but any type of support is super appreciated. Yeah. All right. So for the month of April, it is National Occupational Therapy Month. So this month, I was really wanting to support the Stroke Foundation. A lot of my patients are stroke survivors, and oftentimes they don't get the therapy services that they need because of just insurance usually denying them or whatever it really comes down to money so the thing about the stroke foundation is they actually help a lot of these stroke survivors gain access to more rehab services by getting them grants providing just the resources they need to be able to get back a lot of their function that they can get back through therapy so definitely check out the strokefoundation.org to support them there yeah thanks yeah Okay, let's go ahead and get into People Part 2, but I feel like first we kind of need a refresher of People Part 1, since that was originally Yoongi's song on D2, and we do feel like they're going to inform the other and be connected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely play off of each other. So just to give an overview of People Part 1, this song has a very mellow tempo, just as People Part 2 does. Lyrically, the song discusses characteristics of how people change, and it talks about how one can feel that they're either inherently good, but then the next day feel bad, Um, how we think about our lasting impact on the world, but also how we're fading or maybe feeling insignificant, or whether or not we're living extraordinary or ordinary lives. So that's a lot of what People Part 1 talks about, but People Part 2 seems to elaborate more on the emotions that are experienced when we are changing or things around us are changing. Yeah, yeah. So let's just go ahead and get into People Part 2. Thanks for the refresher on People Part (laughs) 1. That's so helpful. A little background of info on People Part 2. It was just released on April 7th, and Yoongi so far, he said that this is just like a preview of what's to come for the full-length album. Um, It really seems like with D-Day, he is making the music that Min Yoongi wants to make. Mm -hmm. He's not making it for the expectations expectations of others at all no he at the end of the music video for people part two tells us that he's expressing how he was feeling during the pandemic and that it's him talking to himself but it's also a story that he wanted to share with others and at the time he felt that he had lost everything so the song really conveys the message that he wanted to tell himself yeah I love that he shared that at the end of the music video because once we get into the lyrics it's a little hard to kind of tell exactly what he's talking about so having that background information is super helpful. Um, In an interview with Billboard, he talked a lot about the original title of this song. So the title originally was going to be Sarah, which is S-A-R-A, and it's a partial word that he intended for the listener to finish themselves with whatever consonant that they want. So by ending the word with an M, it would make it saram, which means people, or ending it with NG would make it sarong, which is love. And so I thought that was really clever and really yeah. neat with people in love being such a theme of this song. But I guess he had a friend listen to it and the friend found it initially confusing and misunderstood it for salah which means live 
So he just decided to stick with people part two and went with that. But I find it so interesting. It also makes me think of trivia love yeah. and how Namjoon has also played off of the word. Mm-hmm. So anyways, just yeah. a little interesting bit of information. In the same interview, he spoke that he wants to keep his personal meaning of the song vague so that it can be interpreted by people in their own way. So having a vague title like that, I can so see why he was what he was going for mm-hmm. there. But I guess he just wanted to make the title a little bit clearer since the friend was so, I guess, confused yeah. by it. I will say that Maybe the friends had a point, but I think Army would have figured it out. Yeah. Like, especially once we looked at the lyrics in verse three. Yeah, and the bridge. And the bridge, yeah, Yeah. which we'll get to. But I love that he also, he he set us up with, like, a little bit of the background of, like, meaning of the song with his little director's chair moment at the end of the Mm -hmm. music video. But I love that he's still keeping that overall meaning vague because then we really can pull our own meaning there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think everybody will kind of get something different out of this song. Yeah, we're all going to have different interpretations of it because of how vague it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the vibe in production. This was written and produced by only Auguste D and El Capitan. Love um, it. Love it. We <laughs> say El Capitan all over this album track list already mm-hmm. too. So love that. Of course, the song is featuring IU. We love IU so much. If you don't know her, she is a South Korean singer songwriter with numerous top hits such as BB and Palette. Um, she is known for her really dreamy vocals, her great songwriting, and she's also starred in some films too. So she's mm-hmm. an actress. This is their second time collaborating together. Suga produced and featured on IU's 8 in 2020. And that was a really big hit song then too. Yeah. We thought that was such a huge collaboration because they're just two icons in the industry. And they're also both so well-respected artists and musicians. And so the fact that they've come together twice now where she's featured on his song, he's helped and featured on her song. I just think that, yeah, they must enjoy working together. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. a great synergy there. Yeah. So this song is just like 90s vibes all the way. 90s R&B is totally where it's sitting. Um, It has like that really nice smooth bass line. There's like a drum kit with some hi-hats in it, like softer hi-hats kind of, and then Mm -hmm. like a strumming guitar, which I want to kind of speculate maybe that Yoongi himself is strumming the guitar in the background because we kind of see him play guitar every so often. We know Uh he kind of plays and we see him playing it in the music video. So I wonder, I wonder if he did. Yeah, we'll have to check the credits right when, the, we, when it comes when out. The album. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna tear to that page immediately and search. <laughs> Look for the guitar. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I love IU in this song. I think that she's just perfect. Like her mm. vocals are like this in this song at least, this blend of her typical like really sweet airiness, but she's able to bring out this like soulfulness too. Mm -hmm. And you were talking yesterday that it sounds like she's really singing more from her throat instead of like her head voice. She has a strong head voice. Mm -hmm. She has these gorgeous vocals that she can hit all these notes and it's very light and airy and very up here. You know, I feel like the vocalists where they're like coming from up here, totally. you know, bring it down here. But she seems a little bit more throaty in this song, especially at some of her ending notes. 
notes. Mm. I hear a little bit more of that throat, which makes it just a little bit more soulful. Yeah, it really contributes to it. It makes it makes her really fit the '90s R&B style. You know, mm-hmm. at times it almost reminds me of like R&B singers from then too. So yeah. I just I think it works so well. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. So let's talk about Yoongi's rap delivery. I really feel like this is more of a relaxed conversational rap, and he seems more approachable in his rap style here. Uh, we've gotten this type of rapping from him before, but this just is like, instead of that real intense, spitting, kind of mushmouthy Yoongi, this flow style is just very different, very conversational, like I was saying. It feels like he's speaking to us as a teacher would to like a group of students. It's not like a lecture, yeah. but that he's sharing his thoughts and giving wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, now we also know since he said that it's kind of like a letter to himself, what he was saying to himself, he's speaking to himself here in like this calm, Mm -hmm. even paced manner, you know? Yeah. It just works well. It doesn't need to be like that fire for this song. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Reminded me just a little bit of some of BTS's more relaxed early day songs like Rain and Coffee, Mm. just a little bit. And I think it's because of that 90s influence, but Yeah, don't get to see, I mean, we get to see this rap style from Yoongi every now and then, but when we hear it, it's just, he seems so calm and and relaxed, and you just kind of want to hear what he has to say. Yeah, so let's talk about what he had to say here with with the lyrics. Getting, he starts with the chorus, so we hear IU first. I'm just going to read the chorus, and we're going to disseminate on it. Yeah. She says, so time is yet now, right here to go. I know, you know, anything does know. So time is yet now right here to go. Nobody doesn't know anymore. So like, I mean, the first tweets I saw about this song, people were like, (laughs) what are you saying? This is in English and I don't understand it. So I feel like the lyrics here are confusing. um, And it's, it seems like they don't quite make sense no matter how you're trying to explain yourselves. If you're following like typical English Mm -hmm. grammar, but I feel like, we feel like he did this purposefully. It's intentionally confusing. So he says that this song is really about like when the pandemic was happening. He wrote it when the pandemic was happening and what a confusing time the pandemic was. So also with all of the mention of like time, so time is yet now right here to go. Like there's so many just ways of describing time, where it is, how it is, you know? And so Time distortion was very much a thing during the pandemic. Like our days were just so disrupted. Routines were just out of the ordinary. Like our everyday life changed and there was that time distortion. Or I just remember like whenever it was like 2022, people were like, is it still 2020? Like no one <laughs> right. no one knew. Like it feels like it's been years, right? So just I, I kind of get some of that with the mention of time in this chorus. Also, No one really knew what was going on during that time. So people tried to make sense or provide answers when there still was so much unknown going around. So like this chorus is just confusing and it feels like it's providing answers. It feels reassuring, but also very like vague (laughs) and like, I don't know. It's like if if a couple words were changed, it could almost, it could make sense, you know, but because not, it's like we're stuck in this confusion kind of loop with it. And it's, it's where we were all at at that time. Like we did not know what was going on. Nobody doesn't know anymore. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, and we're all in this like crazy time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We also feel like this could be Yoongi describing his loss of meaning in life during the pandemic. Like he's has a very unclear meaning in the chorus. 
we even just briefly talked about like maybe this is his writer's block yeah. like a lot of the lyrics are all you know just word jumble whatever word he jumble, could get right? down yeah because yeah, in the in the music video you see him struggling with writer's block he talked yeah. about how he struggled with it during the pandemic so maybe mm-hmm. this is just like a writer's block like nonsense just yeah. showing that struggle of it yeah yeah, yeah. But I will say that this chorus does have a very rhythmic feel because of the words that are used. Like now and go, no and now, anymore, nobody. Like Mm -hmm. it all just, it kind of has this rhythmic feel to it. Yeah, it feels a little bit of like sonic wordplay, Mm -hmm. you know, like not literal wordplay but phonetically how it sounds with like that now the no and the nobody mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah. um so that could also be some reason for some word choice just for how it would sound all together yeah, mm-hmm. we definitely don't feel like this chorus is put together this way because of like a poor translation or yeah. a lack of like english skill because yungi knows some english and we also know that like hybe is has like so many translators that mm-hmm. if he wanted to get like a perfectly translated verse for what he clearly wanted to say than he easily could this is definitely intentional that he did it in this way yeah the chorus does sound optimistic though it does i don't know why even though it doesn't have a very clear meaning here the time is yet now right here to go sounds like it's very accessible yeah you know and that like we can feel certain that whether it's here whether it's there to go or now or yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it's there. <laughs> I agree. I think that comes through in IU's delivery for yeah, sure. And yeah. I think it really sets the tone for the rest of the song because the rest of the song itself really doesn't feel negative or anything. It does no. have that more like positive, hopeful vibe. Yeah. 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 So let's go ahead and get into Yungi's first verse. Uh, so he says, this thing called love, maybe it's just a momentary list of emotions. It's conditional. What is it that I love? He's immediately calling love always conditional here and he's questioning if he does even love anything yeah yeah Yeah. and he goes on to say wasn't loved enough as a kid that's why I'm the cautious type I want a sincere connection with others so I think that's why he might be saying like love is conditional here is that he didn't feel enough love when he was growing up and that when he does love, he's very cautious about it or maybe almost expects the worst from it. Mm-hmm. Isn't very hopeful about it maybe because he's cautious. He's a little unsure. Yeah. And he really wants that sincere connection with others. Yeah. But I think he's kind of uncertain if that sincere connection can exist mm-hmm. because he says forever something like a sandcastle you know it comes crumbling down at the calmest of waves what is it about loss that makes us so sad really it's the dread that makes us so sad so I want to talk about this like in two parts I want to address the sandcastles first because Mm -hmm. this is like the third time that Yungi has used a sandcastle analogy in his lyrics he actually in eight with IU so it's so interesting that it's on both IU collabs Mm -hmm. that he he says island yeah here's an island a small one that we made with each other yeah forever young the word forever is a sandcastle so again the idea that forever cannot exist just like a sandcastle can easily crumble Mm -hmm. and then interesting enough savage love most random of songs I feel like but in in savage love he says maybe the word forever is just a sandcastle that collapses helplessly even before a gentle wave again forever and the sandcastle coming up as like he he really wants to believe in forever, but I think he thinks that it's truly maybe just 
gonna crumble away yeah. that it can't it can't really exist it also makes me think about like all of the effort that goes into building a sandcastle like the effort in making forever happen yeah um but that it's still a very fragile structure yeah that it could so easily be brought down totally I mean, this is crazy and the second part of this where he says what is it about loss that makes us so sad and he answers it with that it's the dread of the loss that makes us sad and I think that this is the case when you can see the loss coming mm-hmm. when you can see like when you can see the breakup coming when you can see when or when someone has like a terminal illness that you know is you know it has a finite ending you see that happening that dread of them going through that that dread of that moment coming the anxiety building about it like that and it just the sadness builds around it right or like the dread of I mean thinking about him and his shoes in the pandemic the dread of losing the map of the seven soul to map of the soul tour that potential of losing you know all of what bts they were literally at the top of their their career Mm -hmm. at the time that the pandemic hit i mean talk about the dread of maybe losing everything from that like what must he been feeling you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it really makes a lot of sense like dread is the dread of losing something really can be the worst part it's there's a lot of unknown you're not sure if it will happen or if it could happen and it could just it just makes it unbearable through that time yeah you know when the loss actually happens and it's a point where you can kind of grieve and move on um but all of that anticipation it can just be so unbearable yeah totally Mm -hmm. so in the pre-chorus he says so far away you're gone getting far away too far away you're gone I know I have to know. Yeah. We love this kind of callback to So Far Away with Saran, which was on the original Guest D album. And we just think it's so phenomenal that we're getting a little callback to the very first, like, D series that he's done here. Yeah. Um, Definitely intentional there. So intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Except now he's the one singing. So much He's the one singing too, but also like Saran was his female feature on the first like D1. I want to call it D1, but it's called Augusti. Yeah. But now he's having, he's singing this part, but this is also his female feature Mm -hmm. on his third album. Yeah. Yeah. Very neat. Anyways. Very special. So the your that he's referring to here, we kind of interpret it it as like being time so you're gone getting far away you're gone so since this is during the pandemic we really feel like time is being lost but also your could maybe be like army and bts like he could be thinking about them off of the soul the soul tour that they ended up losing could be thinking about just people in general, people in his life that that might be moving on because of this time. Some of their original plans that they had, like their solo careers were supposed to be happening way before where they are now. Um, Could even be like the new normal. Like we heard that a lot during the pandemic where it's like your normal is no longer a part of your life. Like this is your new normal. So he's just really grieving this here of like so far away you're gone and at the end he says I know I have to know and that just is like he feels like he has to accept that these are changes and that they're permanent changes in order to like continue on yeah oh it's so tough but I so agree with you then after the pre-chorus we get the chorus again and then getting into verse two what's so interesting is he starts verse two with what he ended verse one with so at the end of verse one he was asking about what about loss that makes you sad and at the beginning of verse two he says 
what is it that makes you sad? Really, it's the dread that's so daunting. The us that dreamt of a future together is no more. We're the ones who tore down the sandcastle. So, like, I think, yes, it's totally the dread that's so daunting. That's, like, where we got to at the end of verse one. Mm -hmm. And I love here that he is using the pronoun we. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is very much him talking about him and BTS as a group. It feels um, that way. That is so my where my head goes. It's I, it's where he was at in the pandemic too, where mm-hmm. they were all together trying to figure out what to do. The us that dreamt of a future together. That I mean, that's them. That's BTS. They have been dreaming of their future together their entire career, mm-hmm. and now everything that they've been doing is gone like it just is they're all of their dreams everything's changed everything um and but it seems like when he says we're the ones who tore down the sandcastle it seems like they ultimately made that decision to like you know they were like we gotta stop we gotta whatever progressing yeah yeah, they chose that whatever path we're going on right now we gotta stop we gotta that's why chapter two started yeah you know for the well-being of the group I think so for the Mm -hmm. well-being of the the group but like for the well-being of the individual members and the people yeah is what it seems like too but not an easy decision Mm -mm. right but a decision that had to be made Mm -hmm. and I think that's why he's mentioning the dread and how yeah. like it's daunting to really not know what's to come after yeah. that, you know, exactly. they can't predict where they're going to be at in 2025. You know, it's kind of scary. Yeah. But like, uh, I mean, I, I do love earlier how you mentioned that the sandcastle had been, there's so much work put into doing mm-hmm. a sandcastle. Yeah. And so like, he's bringing the sandcastle here of like, we tore this that we created, that we put all of this work in together. You know, we're the ones who are also ending it and just saying it wasn't a wave that took them out. Right. It wasn't a wave. It mm-hmm. wasn't just anything that crumbled them, you yeah. know? And I love that, like the power in that. Yeah. I love the power in, in like, in them ending their own forever. Yeah. And this is not me saying that I believe BTS are not going to come back together in mm-hmm. 2025. Like, I, I mean, Sutra yeah. Ta, Jimin, Yoongi, like, they, they want to come back. They want to come back. They want to come sure. back. They want to they fast forward to 2025. They want to. But I feel like also this is such an important time for them to be able to have rest and also to be able to grow as artists on their own. Yeah. And, you know, when they come back together, it's going to be incredible because they've all been able to grow out of their youth, yeah. you know, which is what they've been asking for. And I also think it's such a great opportunity for them as solo artists, yeah. you know, to explore their own music. Like we would have never gotten to know that they can yeah <laughs> yeah we would have never had Jim in that fucking number one on I, billboard I know I know yeah yeah, yeah. they would have never like Jimin would have never known that he was capable of that right it was right. daunting to think if they could stand on their own outside of just the group name of BTS you mm-hmm. know like Jimin mentioned that at Festa like I'm Jimin of BTS yeah. you know but he can stand on his own you know and I think like all of ARMY are going to love and support them as people and as artists I mean I know we will Mm -hmm. no matter what they do as individual artists or as the group you know we're always supporting them yeah so wherever they are to go it's just amazing to see here in Yoongi's verse like it's really in their hands you know it's fully in their hands I think all of the decisions that they've made chapter two and on it's It's been to reclaim their power yes yeah I agree in the second verse he goes on to say They say there are no winners or losers in this game, but I'm always the loser. We said we'd give our all, but we tore it all down. And then we leave because both love and people 
are selfish. I just have to say that this calls back to like the original title of like love or people mm-hmm. being the original title of this this song. Um, the there are no winners or losers in this game, but I'm always losing. In the third verse, he goes on to talk about loneliness. I just feel like with no winners or losers, I feel like the game of it being like, it's like life, like no one wins or loses in life. Um, but maybe he always feels like he's losing because he feels, he feels lonely. This is also during the pandemic time. That's, I don't know, Kayla, if you have any more interpretation on that. I also just going on because he continues to talk about, but we, we said we'd give our all, we tore it all down Mm -hmm. and, but they did it because both love and people are selfish. I feel like, you know, he's the loser in this situation or he's always the loser because he's gonna self-sacrifice himself right Mm -hmm. he's gonna like just not people please is not the right word but he might like put his own desires aside for the love of somebody else you know to be able to it's it's hard not to think of it like in terms of just bts and their decision to go this route like if we want to interpret it that way like it makes some sense to say like bts whenever they make a decision no one's a winner no one's a loser but maybe he felt like a you know maybe he felt like he lost something just because he had to sacrifice maybe some other things that he may have wanted mm-hmm. for the benefit of you know of the group i'm I sure don't. that he could see like just like any of them like pros and cons of yeah going to chapter two or not right yeah and so he could see like how he could lose in both situations maybe and he's pondering like that potential loss i mean he's really talking about the sandcastle they built you know maybe he you know he he's mourning some of that of like this isn't easy to go on to to chapter two Mm -hmm. you know and even though there's no winning or losing in this you know it's it's still upsetting you know there's still some dread that goes along with it yeah but then he goes on to say when we leave we do because of both love and peace people are selfish and you know I feel like whether or not they've made decisions for personal benefit you know that they feel like they need as individuals or feeling like I love my my members so so much like I'm happy with whatever we decide because it benefits me too to see you happy right and to see the group healthy and happy right yeah yeah I mean, let's just kind of get more into that love and selfishness because Mm -hmm. just like he did between verse one and two kind of connected those first and last lines, he did that between verse two and three as well. Mm -hmm. And really verse three is all about the relationship between people and love, which I mean, to me... Yeah, that original song song title would have totally made sense and had yeah. been so cool. We love cool. the original song we love title, Min We see the genius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Army would have known. He He's like maybe worried about being too artistic too, and yeah. too far out there now. And we're like, yeah. no, give it to us. They're like, it's either this crazy chorus or the title of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Only one can be hella vague. We used to like track breadcrumbs to try to understand you know like cinematic storylines right right? like we can understand some title and lyrics you Uh know anyways so but all in verse three he starts by saying so so goes the person and so goes the love what comes at the end of love endless people a love that has passed by a love or then he says is love wholly perfect on its own So a lot of kind of talking about how people go and love goes. And it's kind of like appreciate it when you have it, but wondering what happens when you don't. Mm -hmm. And 
if love itself can be like this perfect, amazing thing, kind of like he was questioning at the beginning of if it can even be unconditional. So he just has a lot of doubt around people's intentions around love. And if they're, if, if they're loving purely, if they're loving because they want to love or if they're loving, if their love is somehow selfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he says selflessness can actually be selfish too. It's true. It's actually my greed when I say it's all for you. Will I be happy if I give up my greed? A half illusion that can never be fulfilled. And I thought a lot about this selflessness. Like, can it actually be, like, true, genuine altruism, you know? And this is, like, a philosophical question that people really say. Like, I went to... I, I care for people, you know, I help people in my career, but a lot of people will go and help others or like do charity work because it makes you feel good too. So you get some kind of, you know, reward out of it. Yeah. So that part could be seen as selfishness in a way because you're benefiting from it too. Right. So I think that's what he's asking here, you know, is like, can selflessness actually be true selflessness or is it your there's a part of it that's actually selfish too. Right. And then he goes on to say, it's actually my greed when I say that it's all for you. Um, So, I mean, he's saying like to love someone or give someone everything, but like it's actually coming from, you know, personal benefit too, Mm -hmm. you know, like giving you so much makes me feel good. Like there's a little bit of greed in there that makes me want to love you or support you so much. Right. Yeah. This also just made me think about in the context of like BTS as a group at this time too, or even in chapter two, like thinking about the act of going into chapter two and doing solo work, like that could be perceived as a selfish or a selfless act. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and I think that a member that maybe wanted to stay as the whole group and not go into chapter two and do solo work would maybe think that it's selfless to say, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Like, I love you so much that we're going to do this or, you know, vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. And that they, I think, ultimately care for each other so deeply that they would make that decision, whatever is going to be best for them. Um, but just because it makes me think about them as a group and how that dynamic would be, I, I think about the greed when I say it's all for you makes me think about like when he says it's all for army. He does it all for the fans, you know, like uh, he's talked a lot about his insatiable greed to just keep climbing, just make more money, just keep going. Mm -hmm. And I got to imagine that that greed would contribute to him wanting to, or not wanting to go into chapter two, you know, depending on how he saw a way for more greed or, you know, like his greediness guiding him one way or another. Like he, he could say, I want to keep going for army, but he might not actually truly, truly within himself like, want to keep going for army. Yeah. He, he wants to go to benefit himself. Yeah. 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 And I just love if that is what he's meaning here. I love the honesty because I think that any of us in that position would truly feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. I think deep down you would know, like, yes, I love my fans and everything that I make is like for them to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I love that we have this connection. But also, you know how much it benefits you when you make a record that makes billboard number one you know you know that you make bank off of that so and you celebrate that and you take pride in exactly it's not necessarily a bad no it's not a bad thing at all yungi has been so work oriented and he has specifically talked about doing tracks that he knows is going to be a pop song that Mm -hmm. he knows is going to be a popular track because he wants to work on that you know that's really not a bad thing that's that's not a bad thing at all yeah 
But I just wonder if that's contributing to him here. I think so. And I I love the honesty too. I really do. I think that this whole, this whole verse is just so fascinating to me. And it's really made me think a lot about selflessness of that really is truly a thing because of just like the personal kind of benefit you get too from doing acts of selflessness right yeah the payoff yeah yeah but it's all about your intention too I don't want to say that there's no such thing as doing a selfless act right I think that loving others and caring for others it's all about what your intention is like you don't go in thinking oh I'm doing this so I can feel better you're going in because you want to help that person you know and I think that's what makes it a selfless act but of course there's going to be some kind of personal reward from it too because it makes you feel good yeah I mean that's not that's not the motive that's not the motive and I I like the the verb that he uses it can be like it's not always going to be but it it could be it depends on your intent on your motive there yeah yeah so let's talk about what's really like the climax of the song is the bridge and what makes it the climax is that the instrumental drops out mm-hmm. so you really you it really it. stands out <laughs> yeah you really hear it you're um, listening to you're him. listening you're you're tuned in as if you weren't the whole time but mm-hmm. uh so just to say what he talked about he says they say life's a struggle between resistance and submission i say it's a struggle against loneliness if you can't hold it back it's okay to cry you're already more than enough to be loved. So time is yet now. And what made this so like impactful beyond like the instrumental dropping out is that like when you're watching this, of course, on the debut of the music video, he has this super close up shot of him, you know, mm-hmm. delivering this. And he just really is giving us all of this emotion through mm-hmm. his delivery here. Um, and, I think that most of ARMY immediately latched on to the verse, the the line that said, you're already more than enough to be loved. Hearing that from Yoongi is like very, very comforting and like always such a great reminder from like any member of BTS who we love so much for them to remind us like we're enough, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it kind of throws us back to the love yourself eras a bit, yeah. which is always such a great time of self-love. And I love that it's, you know, this is a letter to himself that he was talking to himself during the pandemic. So he's reminding himself that he's more than enough to be loved regardless of like how lonely he feels. You know, he talked about that life is a struggle against loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he can be loved regardless of how people are about it or what love means or what people's intentions are even or if he's cautious even if he's it. cautious yeah. or he's unsure if it can really be unconditional or selfless but like he's deserving of it and he's mm-hmm. deserving to love himself and to feel that yeah. that love I also find it to be a really powerful statement coming from Yoongi saying life they say life's a struggle between resistance and submission I say it's a struggle against loneliness because a lot of BTS's music, especially in the early days, were about that like resistance and submission, yeah. you know, societal norms and not submitting to it, you know, like a dog on a leash. Right. Like they've talked a lot about that in their lyrics. Bepse. And he, yeah, Bepse. He's saying that, no, they say that that's what the true struggle in this world is. The real struggle is we all want to be loved it's the struggle against loneliness. Mm -hmm. We, we want to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. We want others to love us. We want to share love with other people and love on other people. Mm -hmm. So it really is a struggle against loneliness, loneliness. Like that's the true human desire is to be loved and feel loved. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and you're already more than enough to be loved. Yeah. Like you saying. don't need to do anything. Yeah. You don't need to prove anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like love is like the opposite of loneliness here. Like what yes. you're what you're really striving for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was a really great interview that Yungi did with Billboard. And we just wanted to share a quote that we felt really went along with this bridge. So he said, quote, in the past, and I've said this in my interviews, personally, I think loneliness is being together in modern society. I always talk about loneliness in my interviews, but regretfully, it isn't always in the final interview. Not only me, everyone has this loneliness inside of them until the moment they die. However deep you are in a relationship, how much you engage with other people, how many friends you meet, or how often you meet with your family, you always have the loneliness inside. So I started with this keyword of loneliness three years ago in 2020, and I wouldn't say there's much difference in that everybody can feel um, there's much difference in that everybody can feel pain and agonized. It's the same with me. Whether it's me from BTS, Suga, Min Yoongi, or Augusti, I always have that inside me too. People might see me as someone who wouldn't have any concerns or worry, worries, or that I don't feel any agony, but I feel those emotions too. I'm trying to find a way to fight those and over- overcome those too. This album doesn't really finalize everything in its message either, so there might be a possibility there could be a part three later on. For now... We're just trying to say, let's not hate each other. Let's find a way. And I just feel like that's a really wonderful spiel that he has about loneliness and that how he feels everyone has that little bit of loneliness inside of them always, no matter where you are at in your life, how many people love you, how much self-love you're feeling at the time. It almost feels like loneliness is this like little bit of fear that never goes away within us yeah. like the fear of maybe not being loved yeah. the fear of losing that self-love yeah oh man maybe he'll uh, elaborate that in on amygdala maybe maybe yeah but yeah I definitely I think that this loneliness that he speaks of it's interesting to me that this is the only time and the first time that it's coming up in the song mm-hmm. um you know the, the rest of the song yeah, yeah at the very end we hadn't really thought about how loneliness plays a factor in the relationship between people and love up mm-hmm. to this point. And it really stands out as a key word here because this, again, the impact of the bridge mm-hmm. um, and his delivery here. And so I do think that he really, really wants us to remember that it's okay to struggle with that loneliness and it's okay to cry about it, like he says here. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to seek that love and to love yourself, but to like give and receive love mm-hmm. from others and to, I think, let yourself open up to it because at the beginning of the song he talked about how cautious he felt about love and how he was really choosy Mm -hmm. with who he would open up to and build relationships with because he was fearful it seemed of how he was treated in the past he was not very loved maybe he's unsure of how to be loved you know but he he doesn't have to do anything you know he mm-hmm. can be loved here and I I, I just love that well, I'm using the word love so much but <laughs> uh you know he he doesn't have to change right yeah 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 it's powerful this yeah. bridge is very powerful yeah and then we get one more chorus and that's the song yeah yeah so much to interpret from it we'd love to hear what you guys think of a lot of these lyrics come to the iconic hangout yeah definitely come chat to the about iconic it. hangout yeah. um 
these verses are all packed and they all build off of one another. And I feel like every time I read it, I think of something else. Mm. We had a really wonderful, beautiful weekend this past weekend. And I went on a long hike after we had researched and I just felt like I had so many other different interpretations while I was on the hike. I couldn't stop thinking about these lyrics. Yeah. So um, definitely let us know what you think. Yeah. I'm sure that literally once we end this episode, like as I'm driving home, I'll think about like yeah. four things. Yeah. I'll be like, why didn't we mention yeah. that? Oh my God, why didn't we, we interpret about- it that way when we were recording? So yeah. everything that you're thinking as we're talking about these lyrics, come to the iconic hangout yeah. and uh, tell us because we all want to know. We're, mm-hmm. we're waiting for your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into the music video. Yeah, we're going to give a little bit of an overview of the music video. This isn't a music video like, you analysis, know, face off. Yeah. yeah, it's not an analysis. It doesn't need much to go. But we, we do get a little bit of like a story and a message from it mm-hmm. and some uh, some standout moments as well. So the music video seems to take place during the pandemic. And in the music video, we see Yoongi kind of struggling against writer's block in his home and at like various times of day. Mm-hmm. We also see him in the creation process of this song that he's struggling to write both in his home studio at first and then later at a like professional studio producing and singing um so perhaps like it really it's this song we see him singing the vocals for this song in the recording studio so it seems like it's the creation of this song or maybe implying the creation of d-day itself which makes me excited for the d-day documentary yeah, too it could be a glimpse into the documentary yeah Like a little foreshadow. Yeah, a little foreshadow, I think. I think Min Genius would Mm -hmm. make that connection. Yeah. We also, in his house, we see him happily lounging around and taking in the views and playing with this sweet pup who is the director's dog, actually. Yeah. Um, But very cute. And he just seems very natural this whole time. He, this is like Min Yoongi the human. This is not August D. This is not Suga. This Mm -hmm. is just Min Yoongi. He does, at times, when he's lounging around, seems a bit lonely a bit pensive like maybe as he's like leaning up against the wall with a cup of coffee and golden hour gazing off you know gazing off in the distance looks a little lonely yeah there is some (laughs) hints of loneliness here and there but it's not like constant and just like the overall vibe of the song the music video doesn't feel like somber and doesn't have this like overall loneliness no it has a lot of brightness to it Yeah. yeah yeah I'd agree with that so a couple standout moments here. When the first pre-chorus hits, the so far away you're gone, Yoongi is staring deeply into his reflection in the mirror. And it seems like he's really feeling like he's lost himself in this moment. He's looking at himself as if he's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Just very pensive here when yeah. he's looking at himself. So this is maybe a way to add to the original meaning that we interpreted from that pre-chorus there. You know, like we had said, maybe he's saying like, who's that your? Is it ARMY? Is it BTS? Is it himself? It's himself. You know, he's saying I don't even think mirror. I said that. Like, yeah, I mean, who, who didn't lose themselves during the pandemic, right. right? It's not something that you think about that maybe he's talking to himself here until we see him staring yeah 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 during verse two when he says this is the the us that dreamt of a future is no more he's sitting in his home studio with like this faraway look on his face so it seems like he's daydreaming about bts and their lives together what they've lost and their potential future yeah i mean especially as he's like sitting there working on music it seems like that's what he would be Mm -hmm. thinking on especially lining up with those lyrics there Mm -hmm. too yeah yeah and then during the bridge i kind of talked about earlier those super close-up shots of his 
face. Super impactful. It just, his passion really comes through. But the, this, the first time that we see him just blatantly face the camera and stare into the camera is when he delivers the line, you're already more than enough to be loved. Uh. Uh, it's just it's this beautiful shot too he's like surrounded by this purple lilac bush like of course it's purple very army very army and he just looks so handsome and lovely and it's just this I mean very comforting shot and moment Mm. it was I think the biggest takeaway shot for me just watching the music video for the first time yeah yeah me too yeah yeah so wow I really love the music video I don't have like too too much to say about it beyond that because Me I don't either. think that it, it was more about the song itself I think the right. music video and the creation process of the he song he wanted to show us the creation process and showed a little bit of that writer's block that loneliness he felt during the pandemic yeah all of that so I love getting to see the creation process here in the music video and I do think it's foreshadowing what's to come with the D-Day documentary that's yeah. going to be on Disney plus very excited for that yeah Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Oh, wow. I absolutely love People Part 2. Me too. (laughs) I think it is incredible. I love the lyricism going on here. And just, I think we're going to continue to ponder all of the relations between people and love, you know, Mm -hmm. as we go about our week. And we're definitely looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts at the Iconic Hangout in a couple days. Yes. Yeah. Before we wrap up here, we do want to say thanks to our supporters on Patreon, our VIP Iconics, Eileen, Michelle, Deja, Meg, Rachel, Robin, Emily, Madison, Holly, and Sophia. Thank you so much for your support. We love you so much. Yes, thank you. Yes. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. DM us or whatever. And you can find links for all of those things as well as the Stroke Foundation in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks for standing BTS. 